Welcome to the motherhood journey. I am so glad that you're here. This is a space where we allow the daily joys and the tough moments to shape us and build us into the beautiful and powerful women that God originally designed us to be. Let's walk this out, mamas. Let's enjoy the journey of motherhood and see it as the blessing that it is. Hello, lovely mummies. Welcome back to the motherhood journey. Um, thank you for joining me on this podcast. I love connecting with you guys. Um, today I'm going to be talking to you about my heart, pretty much, on feminism, femininity, being a woman, um, and some of the stuff that I feel like the father's been growing in me, specifically sparked from reading a book called Eve in Exile and the Restoration of Femininity by Rebecca Merkel. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this book or for everyone to go out there. I wasn't even going to mention the name of it, but I didn't want to be unkind like that to you guys. Um, For me, I was able to get so much fruit from it and so much empowerment from it. Um, But yeah, you need to function in discernment if it's something that you want to read or not. Um, There's most things I agree with, some things not. But um, overall, it was an amazing journey for me to read that book and just reflect with the father on so many things. I feel like it really opened my eyes a lot to what has gone on through history that has created a cultural norm for today, why those things stand in place and how they are so countercultural to the gospel and to what God says for women. And it has inspired me and just sparked me and enlightened me as I shared in the last podcast about one of her concepts working for excellence in motherhood. Um, yeah, in so many ways, because it has so clearly defined why what the world is functioning in is not truth, and then some of the empowerment of what the word has for us as women. So I wanted to share it with you guys. I really hope it can be passed on to be some encouragement to you, just like it's been for me. Um, so she gives a little background on why the world views women as they do, and I think what better time than now to talk about what a woman is, because the world is so confused somehow with this question of what is a woman and I think that when we can really identify for ourselves what being a woman is and then choose to give our whole entire self over to that it can be just like yeah round groundbreaking as I said in the previous podcast to a world that is so confused and so lost. So I'm really excited to talk on this topic and I really feel like the father has grown in me such a passion in this. I'm like, whoa, I really have a passion for womanhood and I'm so glad I'm doing this podcast because it's just where my my heart really lands just to dive into the deepness of these things. So I hope you guys can be blessed by this conversation. Um, so to start it off, she dives into sharing about kind of the perspective of where women used to be at and how they function in their roles and then the two feminist movements and where it has kind of landed us today. So I'm going to probably not get the dates right and all that kind of stuff, so you'll have to excuse me for that. But um, in general, she one of the main things that she explained about the history of women and what we've been through um, is that she explained how women used to function before the industrial revolution what happened after the industrial revolution and then how that's impacted how we see womanhood today so before the industrial revolution people were living in much more of a rural setting most people were in trade much more people were in much more traditional roles as like 
the women at home with the babies and <laughs> the men um, were doing, yeah, more like physical labour, um, farmers, blacksmiths, bakers, those kind of things. Everything was very close to home in like smaller towns. Um, and then when the Industrial Revolution came in, um, there was this boom in um, a whole new way of life in factory workers, women starting to work, um, and technology came in to play. And the author explains in a really interesting way how that was actually a negative impact over the whole culture of how women were seen, which is so interesting. So women, when they were working um, in more of a simpler place, I guess, before the Industrial Revolution, and they had to work really hard pretty much to survive like they needed to grow their own veggies they needed to um spend a whole day baking their bread they didn't have instant yeast they spent a whole day doing their washing in buckets they um needed to chop wood to have a fire to help their family not to freeze they would sew their own clothes because you couldn't just go to the shop and buy all these things um and then after the Industrial Revolution, we got washing machines and microwaves and vacuums and blenders and food was sold at the, sh- at the store in cans. So you didn't have to preserve anything from your own garden. You could just go down to the store and buy a $1.50 can of tomatoes. Um, and these things were wonderful and awesome and so enabling. And we are so thankful. I know I am so thankful. Um, like literally washing, like laundry is a huge job. And yet for me, I get to walk to a machine, put it in, press a few buttons um, and it's washed for me. But in the, the olden days, you would have had just a few garments and then you'd spend a whole day washing them. So these things were amazing and fantastic. Um, but it brought a negative spin on women and their value and who they were because in before that women would work really hard and they would as I chatted about in last week's podcast feel really proud of themselves and be seen as such an invaluable role within the family and then when you move to the industrial revolution there was such a cultural movement of women to just look pretty and make things look nice because they didn't spend hours making a meal they popped it in the microwave they didn't spend all day needing to grow food and clean and do all these things because they had all these tools to just do it for them um and so then the shift was made of rather than women yeah needing to just work really hard they then were kind of made to just like be like pretty little dolls and like just make sure the house is dusted and the women um, have your hair fluffed up before your husband walks through the door and then the table needs to be nicely set and Um, you go out and you just have tea with the ladies and everything was became much more like fluffy and um, more surface level and just like the author describes how it would have been quite a demeaning life for these women because um, they didn't use their brains they didn't need to use their brains because everything was done for them and their home wasn't a place of kind of that you see with the Proverbs 31 woman, like where she works really hard and she's creative and she takes hold of things and she conquers in her own rights, in her own way. It was um, very much a men-led society where women, yeah, we're like they're pretty little dolls at home. So um, the author describes how that boomed the second um, feminist movement where birth control was brought in and then a fight for abortion um which is really interesting um because I think the author was explaining that these women were told like 
hey, you feel worthless and kind of pointless at home and you feel like, hey, I was made for more than this, like then to just look nice, which is so true. I've got the answer for you. You're equal to men. You hold value. So how about you go out and you go get a job? You find value again. You work with your brain and your hands and you go show that you you hold great greatness and magnificence inside of you. Um, and the shame of this that the author talks about is that when women were given these new technologies, instead of using them to benefit the God-given role that they had, that was the design from the beginning where they are the helper to the husband and they their their whole mission is to steward their children well and to love their their children and to pour into their home and to pour into their community and to those in need and all those things they use those technologies to then make everything convenient and kind of just skip out on putting any effort into anything and then move on to something else that would fulfill them rather than using that as a tool to then make their lives easier so that they can then pour excellence into things and and work harder in the garden so they have more or um yeah use those washing machines to do their clothes but then um sew for those who are in need or whatever it is you know what I mean but instead of taking that approach they took the approach of um which I think is just such a natural human way of like oh I don't have to put any hard work in then sweet I won't put any hard work in but then they didn't realize that the fruit of that is actually meaninglessness is that a word (laughs) and purposelessness and um sorry keep making up words on this but you yeah you know what I mean like it actually isn't the truth of God it's not how we were made to function so then we um feel lost and she talks about how so many women were going on to antidepressants and they were like was like a song in the day like you pop your pill in and um you move on because women felt so yeah worthless and so then this movement comes in of birth control and abortion because the whole concept was like you can be equal to men and you you are equal to men and you um yeah if you're feeling like hopeless and worthless at home then go out and get a job and actually contribute to society um but to be able to do that and the empowerment in that is to have birth control and to be able to control how many kids you have and wait 10 years or whatever you want to do and you can even abort them if you want because it's your body and your rights and there's a huge drive of sexual prosperity promiscuity um really just breaking down and destroying the values of holiness in sex and um the beauty and privacy of that in a healthy marriage um was just broken away in these movements and um yeah just a huge drive for freedom and really like it's like a smaller version of what we have now or the start of what the seeds that have now created the movements we have with all the transgender movements it's like it's all about how you feel and um you can be whatever you want to be and make up whatever you want to make up and there's no grounding in truth and the the integrity and honor that God intended is just wished away um and so much corruption has followed which is just a huge other topic but um yeah so these things came into place um and that was huge for women because they thought wow I can actually control when I have children and I can be free from this demeaning life and I can go get a job and it's just interesting because when you analyze it and see why they thought that it's like so understandable that they didn't want to just 
sit around and look pretty all day. They wanted, everyone wants to be seen and known as an intelligent, capable human. Um, but the cool thing is that she explains, which I'll go into now, of how all those things those women would have been feeling is so true and is actually like the spirit and heart of God that was calling out to them. Um, but they misinterpreted it and used it in the wrong ways by choosing to reject the home and reject the natural design of God and the calling of motherhood um, and went after, which is the lie of the enemy in the world, self-fulfillment and self-value um, of going out into the workplace. So the author then dives into what are women designed for? If we don't agree necessarily with the feminist movement, um, but we also don't agree with, yeah, like just a lifeless life um, at home, what are we designed for? What did God make women for? And what is our, our unique beauty and our unique role that God has made us for on this earth? She breaks it into four topics, which um, are really cool topics. It's subdue, feel, help, and glorify. So I'll break them down for you guys. Um, So she talks about how our role is to subdue the earth. Um, And this is very much connected to last week's podcast about working for excellence. Um, Because she's saying like when she created Adam and said, like subdue the earth, she was giving that same calling to Eve when you look at the scriptures. And... um, Part of our role on this earth is to work really hard for excellence in what our role is. And I chatted all about it last week. So um, like when you look at the gender roles, which we're also on a podcast on, we are made very intentionally for different things. But the empowerment in her message is that men are not meant to just go out and conquer in their individual job roles under the purpose of God. And then we're meant to just sit around and wait for these baby days to be over and then maybe go pursue our own careers or whatever. Um, but to completely work so hard in absolute passion, intentionality, joy, focus, um, privilege of being a mother, being a woman, being a housemaker, um, and do that in strength rather than missing the point and seeing it as this fluffy waiting period, which is crazy because God created both Adam and Eve to go off and subdue the earth together to work um, in the garden and with the animals and walk with God in the, the latter day. Like Eve wouldn't have been put to sit on a rock and wait while Adam went and did everything. They would be pursuing and building and nourishing and feasting and glorying in God together. Like, going all over the earth and doing things together. And so she explains the beauty of women working really hard and passionately in the home, um, which is really beautiful. And she also explains, like, she's like, well, then what am I saying then? Am I saying, like, women can't go out and get a job? And her point, her her summary and conclusion of this, um, which you need to come to your own place, like, um, just in seeking Holy Spirit and what is right for your family and what you believe the Word of God is saying. Um, But she says that... um, in, I think it's 2 Timothy, I would have to look, but I think 2 Timothy is the passage. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, you know what passage it is that I'm talking about, where she um, speaks about the older women teaching the younger women. And one of them is um, keepers of your house or carers of your household or works within the home, different translations. Um, 
and loves your husband, loves your children. Like it clearly, there's not many passages in the Bible that clearly say what women should be doing, but this is one of them. And when I find one of them, I'm like, I just want to dive deep into that and apply myself to that because there isn't many, but what God has said is important. Um, And that one does say that. So she's like, when we look at the word of God, our first and foremost uh, role should be when we are gifted to be married and have children is to be caretakers of the, the home and lovers of our husband and our children. That should be our first uh, importance. And um, she actually even goes into the point of saying that if you are going to pursue work, um, something will always have to be given up for you to be able to follow a a personal passion of yours and she says like if like you are obviously putting your children into the care of other people um and you're also getting your husband to need to make sacrifices to serve you and what you need for your job um and so she really questions that because she really does believe that our role is helper and the word says um one of our first priorities should be love our husband children and the home so if that comes before the things that the word of god says um and brings default and um kind of harm to the things that god says to steward first um she questions that but then she says but am i against women working or having passions or business or whatever and she's like no we can't how could i stand here and say that when we have the proverbs 31 woman to inspire us that if you're pouring so deeply into your home into your family into your husband and those things are flourishing and prospering then then kind of she's like I don't know why I can't explain this women should function in the overflow of that and if the overflow of that runs into running a community event for women because your heart's bursting in that or um, being that mum who just pours into all the kids in the community or running yeah a business alongside your husband or running a business in soap making because you have found time to be excellent within your home and it doesn't bring harm to the other roles of being a mother and being a wife but it's actually the overflow which you see in the Proverbs 31 woman it's the overflow of her excellence in these things that she's able to then make money and um bring business and all those kind of things into her world um then go for it like all for it like that's beautiful and that's you being part of you subduing and having your own intelligence but um yeah it's interesting she really holds this responsibility and importance on being a keeper of the home as that is one of the clear things that the word has identified is what we as women should be doing as our first priority so controversial but interesting point that um I enjoyed learning about um so the second one is fill so obviously this is talking about filling the earth with your womb which I've talked so much about on here and I'm super passionate about it um to the point that our family doesn't use contraception and we really believe that this is a god given um place like it's not our role to take control over that um he is the giver of life and we just want to receive whatever he gives us but um that of course is a journey and we're just going to continually seek holy spirit um after each child and let him continually lead us it's not a religious thing at all it's a thing of um conviction personally um but she doesn't like believe in not using contraception or anything she just does talk about how um our role to fill is um a huge part of who we are and i for one want to always be an advocate for it because as I've just described 
this huge movement is going on in our world of, um, yeah, the implications of birth control to coming to its greatest form is abortion. And it is, um, yeah, just this such a misunderstanding in society of what children are. Like children are seen as a burden and children are seen as just a fulfillment for our own desires. Like how many kids do you want uh, to? And when I'm this age and this is why. And it's really just for us to fulfill our dreams um, rather than the honour and understanding of creating eternal beings because of the gift and life-giving power of our God only. We have really no control over it, even though we like to try. Um, it is him who predestines every human and it's just so much bigger than us just fulfilling maybe a fantasy we've always had of what our adult years will be um but she also talks about feeling um in a really beautiful way of how we as women are intelligent and creative and um just filled with this beauty that we can give that men are not that men are not naturally functioning in where we can um she calls it this concept of infleshing things. So we get given um, our husband's paychecks and we inflesh it to be um, the clothes on our children's backs, the candles in our home, the, the meal that is presented on the table. Like we um, take love and we turn it into a baby. We, um, yeah, get given a house and turn it into a place of community and fellowship through warmth and through cooking and through smell and just that we as women fill places with um, just the beauty that God designed through our characteristics of beauty um, in all sorts of forms and ways and it's just a really cool and empowering realisation that we get to bring that. Um, And then she talks about one that's help and she really goes hard in this one because she's like, I know people don't want to be considered as the helper and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, I love being the helper. But I understand she's trying to address like the general perspective of like people being like, "Uh -uh, no way am I going to be classified as a helper, like that kind of concept. But she really, really talks about the power and beauty of being a helper. And she explains um, Philippians 2 and well, really the whole entire gospel of Jesus and how in this role of being a helper, we are literally being the representation and the magnification of Christ in this world by not being a helper because we're forced to, because she explains how God literally took Eve from Adam's body. We are both the same flesh. We actually hold the same value in God's eyes, um, but we choose to humbly step down like Jesus did. He was the same value as God, but he said equality with God is something I'm not trying to grasp. I'm going to step down in humility and become a man. And we as women although we hold the exact same value as men, we step down to submit unto them and be a helper unto unto them through joy and through um, willingness. And there is just such a powerful beauty in that um, as a representation of what Christ has done. And she just explains how it is just such an honourable role. And um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, And what a joy we can be. And she also really encourages, which I love, um, to be a helper to your own personal husband, not be like the helper of what you think a wife should be. Like, which was really cool to me because sometimes I could be like, oh, like I, I do these things, I homeschool and I bake bread and I do these things that, of course, I'm a great helper, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, you need to get to know who is your husband. What makes him tick? What makes him come alive? What is like his creative, like 
drive in him that God has made him to be. Because it's going to look very different being a wife to a poet who enjoys drinking wine and sitting on the grass looking at the sunset to being a wife who is um, the wife to a husband who loves hunting and um, driving on motorbikes and all that kind of thing. Like get to know who your husband is and be a helper onto him, not just a helper in general, so that you can be really serving and uplifting and building all the good God has made in your husband. And that was really awesome and convicting to me personally, because um, as an interesting little story, my husband loves food. It is his thing. We actually vibe over it so much. We will go to a restaurant and just talk the whole two hours about the food we're eating and a cafe we want to open and why we would do this thing and that thing. And it's something we both really enjoy. But he is all about excellence with food. Like every meal he makes, he will spend a long time doing it and um, will put detail into every little bit and make it look beautiful. And it is so rich, sometimes sickeningly rich, everything he makes. Whereas I am very much like, eh, good enough. Like I love good food, but I also am trying to like feed three kids and husband and do everything and I just pop everything on, on the plate. And I found myself struggling with him in this area because I would feel overwhelmed by his desire for food to be excellent um, and created bitterness in him even having a desire for that. Um, And then when I read this, I was like, wow, like this is who God's made Brad to be. Like obviously I do it within my own capacity and like do it through joy and and, like slowly build up. It's no, no pressure. But it really convicted me of being like, this is something my husband loves, like really loves. And I'm a homestay, homestay wife who can actually learn to grow in excellence in this and create meals and like learn new skills. Like I am a super empowered individual. Like I am not a victim. <laughs> We're constantly trying to grow in this in motherhood that we are not a victim to anything. And if this is one way that I can be a helper onto my husband by like having delicious, extravagant meals for him to come home to, like obviously not every day, I'm not going crazy with this, but I'm just saying if this is something I could naturally start growing in and pursuing as an interest in a hobby to be a greater helper onto who he is personally, then that's something that I do want to yield myself to and I want to be humble to and I want to grow in, um, which was just a cool little thing for me, like realizing I want to serve who my husband is and be a helper onto him, not just tick all the wife boxes that I think, well, I'm a pretty great wife because I do these things in general. So that was a really good encouragement to me. Um, and then the final one is glorify. So our role is to glorify God um, And she really goes to town of how, I kind of mix it into the Phil one, but how the way God made us is so, so beautiful um, that we truly glorify God when we are functioning fully in our role of that meek, submissive, beautiful, strength um, kind of woman that that really brings glory to God. And it was really cool because she talked about the passage, um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 11, but it talks about like the husband is the head and like God is the glory, God is the glory and the head of the husband. And then the husband is in the image of God and revealing his glory. And then the wife is under the husband and the husband is her head. Um, which is really interesting is she used that passage saying normally people read that and they go, oh, I'm like, it's so demeaning for women. Like 
the men get to be the image of God, but we just get the glory of the men ahead of us. Like we get put down to the bottom and we're not valuable as they are. But she like flips it and says like, if the man is the glory of God and the image of God, and we are the glory of the man, she's like, you are the glory of the glory. You are like the most inner place of the holy temple. Like if men are the glory of God and you are the glory of them, like you are the highest pinnacle of beauty. You're like the most, um, what's it called? When you like, I can't describe it, like you bring flavor down to its strongest point. Like you are the strongest taste of the glory of God. And that's why we are so precious and why that passage is talking about us like kind of being hidden. And I think all of that, all of the New Testament things and and that makes sense because if we are like a helper like Jesus then what does God do with Jesus he says because you have humbled yourself to the lowest place even to the point of death I then put you higher than every single name and she kind of explained how because our role is to be meek and to serve and to be submissive and to release our flesh onto creating babies and birthing them and being up through the night and scrubbing and cleaning and doing all these roles that are just so not in the world's eyes seen is mighty and fine um that because we we joyfully submit ourselves to that we are actually magnifying such incredible glory of the lord because that's everything his word describes about jesus and the people of god um because we're taking on that role as a woman so um lots of information there but i hope that some of that can encourage you um that yeah, I just I, I just felt really blessed and empowered after reading through all that and just understanding why the world has such a drive for women to have equality and to find fulfillment in um, a certain look or a certain um, way of life. And she, she really goes hard and is quite opinionated <laughs> about... Um, how the world will define you as a successful woman pretty much if you're like in your 30s, your face is made up, your hair is done well, you're in business attire and you're actually progressing in your career. That is what society will truly be like, oh, well done, like you're actually successful. But so often society says like, oh, like really you've like decided to let go of all of that and just have kids or be at home with your children. Like, oh, what a waste. Like what a waste of your university degree. What a waste of you being poured into if you're just going to stay at home. Like what a waste of your life if you're going to choose to sit at home with screaming, demanding toddlers, just wait for that to be over and then move on. Um, But obviously we are challenged as women who want to go after the word to see that if God is the one who ordained these things and he calls forth us in his word to be a helper, to be keepers of the home, to love our husbands, to function in the hidden beauty of a quiet spirit, um, then there must be so much more goodness and glory in us when we function in those roles to magnify all that he is like how powerful for us to take reign of our role and be super powerful women like I like get really inspired and watch a lot of um not a lot but like I listen to podcasts and watch women like on YouTube who have multiple children and who are running homesteads and who are running their businesses and who are at home homeschooling and I see these women and women and I go you are so 
flipping capable, so powerful, so beautiful in your femininity because you are so confident and you just take on your role and you work very hard like for you to be sitting here on youtube right now after putting your six kids to bed and homeschooling them all day and being here and encouraging me and going you're in the lord and the lord's got you and you can homeschool your kid today um I'm listening to a podcast of a woman who is teaching me how to preserve vegetables and she runs a podcast while like like you know, it's just like so inspiring to me. And I go, you are killing it. Like you're an absolute boss. And it's so incredible when you start pursuing these things in little ways. Like I, a few years ago was like, how does any mum make sourdough bread? How do you have time for that? How does, I would look at mums who have like three kids and I had one and I'd be like, you are a, do you realize you're a super mum? Cause you just showed up with three kids and they're all dressed and you've got snacks for them. Like that's amazing. And then yet now I'm here pregnant with my fourth pouring into these passions I found that I never knew I had, but because I've opened my heart more and more and more to homemaking and creating this like warm, beautiful, peaceful place for fellowship and enjoyment for my children and for my husband to live in every day. Like my heart is to cultivate this heavenly space in our home where there's mess and there's noise and there's dancing and there's many meltdowns in between. But there's yummy fresh bread and my kids are sitting down to meals being made from my hands and I'm not in a rush and I'm not going off to the next thing. I'm sitting with them and looking at their faces and enjoying meals and like this pursuit, I've been able to grow in capacity and do things I never thought I could do and I hope to continue to be able to pursue even more things. I want to continue having children. I'd love to run a homeschooling business um, that outpours out of all the things I do so that I can inspire and bless other mums to know that they can homeschool as well. Like I'm excited to just continue to grow in how capable I actually am as a woman because the only thing stopping me is me is my belief of what I'm capable of and my mindsets if I'm choosing to wake up each day being a victim if I'm choosing to wake up each day renewing myself in the truth of the Lord and choosing joy amongst all my circumstances and seeing as the heart of this podcast is that through our hardest times in motherhood they're the greatest gifts to us in life because they are breaking away what the culture and and sin and the flesh has told us of bitterness and selfishness and self-preserving and it's building in me every time I'm waking up through the night for my babies or scrubbing floors or doing the dishes when I'm really tired and I'd really rather just go to bed or serving my husband and family after a long day I am growing in the image of Christ and that is incredible and that is actually fulfilling and actually gives me purpose and actually makes my mind blow up in joy that I get to be the person that I want to be every day because I have the spirit of God living inside of me and I don't know I think when we if we can function as these just beautiful powerful women what an impact that makes to our husbands, to our children, to our children's friends, to other women in the community, having a healthy family, what incredible impact that has. Like we see right now this super destructive movement of the transgender um, heart and passions in our world that is literally breaking down family. It is making the value of a father and a mother and their children be broken away. And now you can have two dads, two mums, I don't know, mum from another family. You can change your whole gender. You can be whatever you want to be. And it is breaking away 
health and strength of God's design of family and identity and knowing who you are as a person unto God. And then imagine if we take hold of all the truths of God and we actually submit to a way of life of servitude and joy in our role. And then we change the world in the most good, beautiful ways because we're cultivating happy, healthy families because the wife's actually functioning in the role they were meant to and they're not a burden onto their husband and always grumbling to their husband, but instead they are just loving every single day because they're pursuing excellence because they actually see value and purpose in being a mum and being a wife and honouring God through that and however different that looks in every single family. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now because I could keep going on, but um, yeah, I think it's really exciting and just beautiful what God has laid out for us and how we can maybe slowly reframe our minds to understand the power we have of being a woman and doing it well, you know? Um, I'm going to pray for us and then I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Um, Jesus, thank you so much for you. You're so good and your word is such a gift to us. Thank you, God, that we just have access to your word and we have access to know your truth. And you have written these little hidden truth bombs throughout your word of who women are and what you designed us to be. And I truly believe, Lord, that your way is so much better, that when we choose your way, we are found and we are made full and we are empowered and we find rest. And Yeah, I just pray for me and for every woman listening that joy would come back to our hearts and life and passion and we would not feel like we are just constantly overwhelmed and exhausted and flooded every day with the demands, but we would start reframing our minds to stop thinking like the world does and start thinking like you do and see all the demands and all the tears and the emotions and the desires to be something we are so capable of stewarding and guiding and to have grace upon ourselves in our many failings and to just continually look to you and be like, no, like I was made to do this. I'm a woman, like I'm going to prosper in this. I'm not going to be constantly overwhelmed and crumbled by my children's and husband's many demands. I am going to grow and I'm going to surrender my heart to you, Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be the woman that I want to be. I'm going to be proud of myself every day and I'm going to show the image of Christ to my family and I'm going to heal from misconceptions of victimhood in motherhood and be an awesome woman because <laughs> I am made awesomely and I was made to absolutely shine in the way God made me to shine and I really do believe there is the most fulfillment in that place and the most honor to you God in that place so anyway thank you for that truth God you are amazing and it is truly truly all through your power and your grace for us to grow in these things we love you God we honor you and I just pray your your beautiful Holy Spirit speaks to each one of these women to just enlighten their hearts simply in whatever your truth is, God. You are so good. We just want you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. If you enjoyed tuning in today, subscribe here and connect with me over on Instagram where you can DM me or find my email as I'd love to connect deeper and pray with you.